Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 672 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I have no friends, at least no friends here in Austin, Texas. I am joined today by, oh wow, throwing up the L sign like a true sixth grader, J.D. Raider, Ben Funky Askren, also a loser, and David Dylan Duncan Bray with the whatever <laughs> sign. And th- we have now entered an epi- uh, the movie Clueless. But hey... <laughs> We got it better late than never, I say, with this with this setup because it looks sharp. I want to join the Marines now. It might be too late, but if you're not watching on the video, you 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 can't see that JD, Ben, oh, and Bray are here at Fargo. How's it going, boys? Good. It's good. I, I I'm personally pretty exhausted. This is uh, day four. Um, day one and two were just totally insane. Day three was a little lighter. Uh, they expanded the field bigger than ever this year, and so. It was like nonstop. Saturday and Sunday were like nonstop morning to night. Yeah, this is great. I mean, this is my first time covering this event, and it is like just from from whistle to whistle, like beginning of the day to the end. It's insane. We had a, a big board matchup, and they're at a two fifty six and junior one forty five. Robert Avila, Cal Miller. That was like the one of the first matches of the entire tournament for juniors, and uh, it just the action gets crazier after that. Totally crazy, and and all the while we've got Fargo going on. It's just like high school wrestling is like at the forefront of our minds here because we've got the Cadet Worlds are going on. Team USA doing pretty dang good. They're currently in first place after the morning session here. We've got four in the finals already. We've got I think two wrestling in the semis um, later this morning. I guess we'll call it. Um, how much of the Cadet Worlds have you guys been able to watch? I'm ready to go wild on this Levi Haynes grounded call. Maybe it's just me. Oh. I haven't seen a lot of Twitter talk about it, but it, it broke my brain. I've watched zero, Christian. I mean, the nice. one day JD and I were talking about it, uh, we had 8 a.m. start to wrestling on Sunday. We didn't get out of the building till after 9 p.m., and then the juniors had to make weight again at 7 a.m. So I was in the parking lot cutting weight with the guys till like, 11:30 p.m. that night. I mean, we were you know woke up at 6:30, so we're talking you know 6:30 to 11:30. No, no real breaks at all there. Uh, man, yeah, wild. I've been able to pay attention a little bit and watched. I watched the quarterfinal round yesterday. That was just about it. But and then you know little bits here and there. But uh, the follow results. Yeah, Team USA is looking awesome. But the Levi Haynes thing is is egregious. It's crazy. Yeah, really bad ground call. I don't know if we even have that clip because I put it in super late in the show because I didn't watch it till like I don't know forty five minutes to an hour ago. But it's really bad, and it would have been would have been a huge win for us. But as as it stands right now, we've got a couple finals. Luke Lilladal, who wrestled wrestled with great heart, had a couple comeback wins, had a buzzer beater. Uh, Meyer Shapiro has looked fantastic. I mean, this guy is just super super good. Um, he, for us, he was, or for me at least, he was the most impressive guy at Cadet Trials, and he follows that up with a great run here at Cadet Worlds. Uh, James Rowley also in the finals. Uh, he's he's looked really strong as well. Who who's the other one? There's a fourth I'm missing right now. Big Jim Mullen, baby. Big, Big Jim. Jim Mullen. Ben Askren's uh, bro- brethren and hair. He's looked fantastic as well. And then we've got Bo Bassett. In, in the semis, as well as um, Nelson. Kevin Nelson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Jezeroga we could, and uh, Bowman could still get pulled back in, but not Je- Levi Haynes. He's out. 
Yeah, Haynes is out. Jessaroga wrestled a guy that looked like 15 pounds bigger than him. This from Uzbekistan. This dude, <laughs> this dude looked massive. Like he had a violent pull down. And speaking of violent pulls, what is going on with the weight cutting at Fargo? We're having guys missing oh. weight in uh, mass. What is happening? I just ben? told you about it, Christian. We didn't get out of the damn building till 9:30, and the weigh-ins were the next morning at 7 a.m. Do you realize how brutal that is for guys? to have to turn around and make weight. We're talking nine and a half hours after they're done competing. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a fail in the scheduling. And I realized that they had, the USA Wrestling had a tough call because there was more participants than there's ever been here. But they pushed the cadets. The cadets' second day weigh-in was pushed back till 1 p.m. Not for the juniors. The juniors had to make weight at 7 a.m. after getting out here at 9.30. I, I, some of them dudes probably just, they couldn't deal with it. They broke. And I guess that I, I know, I think our last guy I was with went to bed at 11.30. He was actually still a little bit over, and he had to wake up at like 5.45 to make weight. It was it was brutal. But here's Not the part, good. Here's the part about it that's insane to me is, if you look at Junior 106, on the front side of the bracket, we're not talking about guys that lost a match and their dream was over and they, they didn't, you know, they couldn't come back and cut the weight. On the front side of the bracket in the round of 16, there were only three out of eight matches contested. There were forfeits in five of the eight round of 16 matches at 106. Maybe maybe one or two of those were injury, but I would imagine they're probably mostly due to weight cut. And that's insane. Yeah, juniors at 106. What do you think is going on there? Um, well, is it a fail in the scheduling or are kids cutting too much weight? Well, here's the deal. For this tournament, you guys know how anti-weight cutting I am. This tournament, you got to cut weight. There, right? It's a summer tournament. You probably haven't wrestled for a couple months. Everyone else is going to be cutting weight. You got to make weight twice. You got to cut some weight. Uh, and I know the the hard part for my little guys because the one guy I stayed up with late, little guys don't sweat as much. You know, us big guys, I'll sweat six pounds in an hour. No, no big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, but these little guys, they're pushing. I don't know, two pounds an hour or something like that. It's really, really hard for them. And uh, I didn't have anyone as small as one hundred six. So. Um, you know, maybe these guys just could literally couldn't get it off. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, but to, to me, isn't that the point? Yeah, that's right. I get it. They can't cut the weight. Smaller people have a harder time cutting weight, so yeah. don't go 106. Don't, I mean, go go 113, right? Yeah, I agree. But, I, I mean, especially with the junior 100. I mean, junior 100, I think, should be kind of eliminated because it's just all these cadets bumping up. Junior 106 is also really small, but people see the advantage of being able to place at those weight classes. Once you get up to junior one, junior 113 and junior 120, that's a it's a bloodbath, right? So oh, yeah. they can get a little smaller. They have a much larger chance of doing well, and I think that's what they're seeing. I do think the, the the format of the weigh-ins is it's really bizarre because the first weigh-in is day before in like late afternoon, evening. So yes. these guys have all day to get the weight down, and yeah. that's their only focus is is get my weight where it needs to be. The second one, like Ben said, I mean, it is it is early morning after you've already competed all day or at least been in the building all day. It's a lot harder to hold weight overnight for these kids. I mean, yes. like, being disciplined and being hungry, going to sleep and all that, they're not probably used to that. So it's Well, but the other thing, Bray, I tell my guy, we tell all of our guys, and we didn't have anyone miss weight, don't worry. You weigh in day one. If you're worried about your weight, we're going to be pissed at you because wrestling is number one. Get through day one, then worry about cutting your weight like – we will help you. I will stay. You don't have to cut weight if you don't make it to day two. I will stay up with you to help you make weight if you need to, but you can't worry about your weight. You got to get the fluids in you. You got to eat, and then we're gonna worry about the weight cutting afterwards. Um, 
And, I mean, that's just, listen, that's how it's going to be. If wrestling has weight classes, people are going to cut weight, especially a term like this where, you know, you have to make weight, but you don't have to make weight after this for two months, before this for two months. It's not like a high school season where you're making it, you know, 20 mm-hmm. times over the course of three months. It's once in the summer. And then the other hard part about it, I guess I would say is, I know this happened with a couple of our guys, is they've committed to wrestling a weight class, say a freestyle state tournament, and then all of a sudden they hit a growth spurt. And they're locked into that weight class because, like, Wisconsin, our lineups were filled. They couldn't go up or down. So it's like, oh, sh- oh shoot, I really grew a whole bunch. And now I got to get back down. You know, like, it's, that's it, a, an issue. It's That commitment is hard for those kids to break. When you see guys do it, though, it's, like, it's kind of refreshing. Aiden Valencia is a guy. We saw him at the Dells in Wisconsin, Cadet Trials. He made the Greco team at, 80, at 48 kilos, which is what? a little bit under 106. Made the Cadet Greco team, but then like was growing, and he just decided not to not to go compete. Right? He he's here. He wrestled in the finals yesterday at 120. Yeah, way up from where he was. He's still competing at a high level, and you know that's a kid who showed like do what's best for your body. Like, what would have been the point of him holding 106 all summer and and probably having a poor performance in Budapest? Instead, come to Fargo and you know prove at a tougher weight 120 that that you can make the finals. That's that's impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, with, with this tournament, I see what they're the, with the second day weigh-in. They're really trying to prevent very large, massive cuts because people have to get down the second time. But it's not really doing it because people are saying, "I'm going to make that sacrifice the night after." It just so happened that the sessions ran so close together; it was really, really challenging. I mean, it adds a whole lot of extra work for everyone involved. I'm totally down for a one-way-in thing at Fargo, and I'm anti-weight cutting. But let's do one way-in. Let's get it out of the way. Let's not have anyone worry about it. It, just, it adds so much time to the coaches. Obviously, they got to run the second way in. The athletes are cutting weight at night. That's not healthy for them. I mean, a lot of these dudes, I was watching them. They're out running around parking lots trying to make weight. It sucks. So I'm down to go to one way in. I think it's probably the best case scenario. All right. Let's talk a little wrestling wrestling. What's been going on? What are the biggest storylines as you guys have seen it? Uh, we've, we had the cadet freestyle finals yesterday, some great matches. Yes. Uh, we had some upsets in the junior junior field as well. Uh, talk about Bray, JD, Ben. Some of the biggest highlights for you guys. Uh, I, I, big, I mean, I just love being back here. Fargo is such an iconic thing for wrestling, and we obviously missed it last year. Just being back here and all these wrestling people being together, it was. It's been an awesome tournament. There's so much, especially like we get in the later rounds and like down over there. Uh, the, the stage almost takes away a little bit because when everyone crowds like around like Matt 10, 11 or whatever, or Matt, uh, whatever that, 17, and it's just packed and there's college coaches and people are going nuts over every point that's scored. Like, I mean, the biggest one was the, the Gibson Larkin match. Yeah. It's just like such a fun atmosphere and just so much wrestling. I, I, I love being here. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of that, the atmosphere. I was really impressed yesterday with 16U finals. The crowd, I mean, obviously. The crowd was gonna, good. Yeah, you're not going to fill up the Fargo Dome, but the the sections that you can see behind us, behind the stage, like all the way to the ceiling, were, were full of fans, and, and people were into it. People were super into those matches. Um, so, yeah, the atmosphere. I, I mean, I competed here back in 2002, and there were not this many people. Obviously, the I feel like there's never been this many people. No. It ever. Was, it was a Really, really good environment. One of the things that I don't ever remember, and maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but like, uh, like it was, I think it might have been the Larkin Gibson match, but it happened other times. I know it was happened with Matt Bianchi and one of the matches I was watching. 
where they get one turn and the crowd goes, oh, and then it's like, you know, two seconds, oh, and they're like cheering for every turn. Yeah. It's kind of funny when that happens. Yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, the finals yesterday were super fun. Um, I, my, my favorite final of all of them was 138 with Tyler Kasich and uh, um, Joel, Joel Adams. Adams. It was just like we knew it was going to be this clash of styles. Kasich's super fundamental. He's really good folk styler. And Adams has those freestyle tricks and the power. And, like, that's how the match bore out. It came down to the wire. And, man, Adams got it done. And, it like, last second got the turn. It was outstanding. So Adams DMP'd at, at Cadet Trials. Is that right? Oh. I, I didn't look at that. I Man, yeah, that's, he, that, he that's surprising. It, actually. He what? He tweeted about it. He said I went from wow. DMP wow. Cadet Trials to Fargo Champ. Now, that's not to say he wasn't – a top gun country. David Gray actually picked him to win. So I did. I did pick him to win. Nice. Props to you. Boom. Gray. Pound it. Yeah. It's like you know a thing or two about high school wrestling. Yeah. I yeah, mean I, that, that, I don't know who he lost to, but obviously the UWW trials is kind of random draw sometimes, so maybe he hit someone really hard early and then someone else hard got knocked to the backside. I'm not sure. There's there's the tweet right there. Uh, he was also up at sixty five kilos too, which is a little bigger. That's um, a little I mean yeah, because there's there's only uh, Connect that's 132, 143. He was dressed in 138 yesterday. Yeah. Big difference. He lost to Skellinger. Oh, J- JD taught me something, how to look up results on USA Wrestling's database. Nice. Uh-oh. L- love all the learnings. Okay, oh, so we had Chris some more. He's good. We had some huge upsets. We haven't even talked about the big upsets yet. Nick Buzakis lost. He lost yesterday. Oh. That was... That was a, a, a shocking, shocking loss. And, and the way it, it, it was sort of a weird match, the way the points sort of materialized for um, for Isaguire in that match. I, I did not expect it. But um, thoughts on that match? Thoughts on the performance? What does this mean for the rankings? What does this mean for uh, Nick and Isaguire? How, how does this shake things up in the high school wrestling scene? I mean, dude, Emilio Isaguire is a guy that, that we saw beat – Jordan Titus at Super 32, but then he didn't place. So you knew he had this kind of like potential to do really, really well. But his path has been really amazing. Um, you know, he beat Garrett Grice in the semis, who's outstanding. He beat Nick Buzakis. He beat Hunter Mason. Those are three wins in a row that are going to have him like climbing the rankings in a big, big way. The thing about Buzakis is he has such a solid resume for so long that he's not going to fall far. Um, I haven't looked really specifically about exactly where he's going to go, but he's not going to fall too far. But the 132 bracket is is really strange. Nobody probably would have predicted Isagiri to come out of that top side. And Nasir Bailey, I don't think anybody would have predicted him to come out of the bottom side. He beat Zeke Seltzer in the semis. Mm. You would have you would have picked a, a Seltzer Buzakis final probably. Um, but instead, we've got we've got Nasir Bailey really overperforming, wrestled really amazing. And uh, and Isagiri. So the rankings are going to be totally jumbled after this. Yes. Um, now Buzakis, he's he's continued to win, so he can still wrestle back for third, right? He's actually in. Well, the third he's place actually match. in the third place match. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's no uh, more junior bouts except the place matches right now. They went all the way yesterday. Whew, that's a that's a banger of a day there. Um, yeah. Okay. Whoops, I got a commercial going. Um, other Uh-oh. upsets, Robinson takes out Dean Peterson, and Vincent Robinson, he was someone a, a bit of an unknown to me. He looked absolutely well, filthy, but then he got 10 would by Drake Ayala. Well, you remember Vincent Robinson had that really competitive match with 
uh, Ayala at Super 32 last year. That was kind of where I first saw him. And I've seen him a few other times since then. Um, he's really good. But then Peterson, you know, he ended up the, uh, injury defaulting on the backside, so he doesn't place. But, yeah, part of the seeding criteria was really bad where there was no tournaments last year, so it made almost no one seeded for this year. So there were some totally insane matches, like like you said, round of 256 or round of 128, which is crazy. Yeah, Vincent Robinson, he's he's super good. He's a he's a top 10, 12 kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, he hadn't had the opportunity to have an event like this. Not only did he knock off Dean Peterson, but he also beat Cornell commit Nico Provo in the round of 16. Um, he he lost to Gabe Wisenhunt on the backside. But part of the reason. I think people aren't as familiar with him is at junior duels, he had an opportunity to get some really good wins like on this level, but he got disqualified in a match that got super physical. Uh, both guys were kind of like taking swings at each other. So he got DQ'd and like he was out of the tournament after that. He won all his matches before that though. So um, he, he's, he's amazing. Harvey Twister guy. And, and uh, he's one of those guys too. That's like, he's a hype man for team Illinois. He's in the corner a bunch with a bunch of these guys and help warming them up. He's, I've seen him like get kicked out of the corner a few times because he just can't help like getting fired up again on the mat. But um, yeah, I like him a lot. Okay, hey guys, I gotta run. I gotta coach girls this morning. We got one girl broke in, so I'm out of here. Uh, and then I'll miss tomorrow morning. But I will be back on Thursday with you guys. So I'm out of here. You can scoot closer because it's so hard to hear. You can be right up here on him. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's adorable. All right, see you, Ben. Thank Thanks, you. Christian. See ya. Yeah, buddy. Okay, all right. Can we talk about this Webster Flynn finish here? Because what the heck is this? Um, yep. th they yeah, man, uh, so it, it was it was it was really weird to watch. Like, it's it seemed to me like, uh, and, and you know, you're watching it there with about I can't see the the screen really well, but it's you know less than thirty seconds left. I think all of a sudden the the mat official gets really frustrated you can see it right here and he offers caution in one but the problem is well there that this is the one with four seconds left but that you know about 25 30 seconds left in the match the official gets he gets just like really frustrated with cooper flynn he offers caution in one and uh you the, the judge and chair have to tell him like you can't do that you can't give caution in one like that immediately you haven't given it attention he's not backing out of bounds and so they take that caution one off the board but but you could tell like he had those intentions so then Cannon Webster knows all he has to do is come forward dig underhooks and and run forward and and I mean so that's what he's doing Webster's not changing levels he's not attacking legs he's not doing those things Cooper Flynn though had, I mean he's defending he's circling staying in bounds they give the caution to one at the end with four seconds left reviewed it and they upheld it so um I don't know I, I was really surprised to see the match end that way webster did a great job at like coming forward and, and trying to push the pace but i thought flynn did a good job trying to defend and stay in bounds so i i didn't like the call but i i don't know that's why they did it and it's like what's flynn supposed to do he's gonna be you're gonna back up a little bit when your option is either dive in on the leg when webster is coming at you that hard you're only it's not like he put the you know running shoes on and just backpedal i mean and, they're literally in contact they're they're in contact the whole time he's not like backing away and avoiding contact he's got the i mean webster has double underhooks on him that's a that's a wrestling position i i just don't think that's just an over involvement in my opinion 
I just don't. I don't I mean, think you can. Uh, that's a, such a high level match with uh, with real implications. I don't think you can just say. I mean, basically, at that point, you were declaring a winner, right? You're just saying, Webster, you get to win this. Um, yeah. I, th- to me, that's just outside, and I, I didn't think there was an attention. I w- went and rewatched, and I think you alluded to this. You, know, I think you have to hit Flynn for attention, and I understand th- that in um, in the last thirty seconds, you can't put a guy on the clock. Like that's the normal mechanism that officials had, and you don't have that, but. To just, I, I don't think you would see this at a, um, yeah, I just, I don't think that's how that, how cautions are supposed to be utilized. I don't think that's the instance in which uh, cautions are supposed to be utilized. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I was calling the match and I was pretty, pretty surprised, like pretty baffled about it. Um, and there, there was an attention, but it was like, it was not an on the mat attention. It was an attention after the guy tried to give caution and one, they'd said, the, the the judge and chair is like like no you can't do that it's an attention um, so you know yeah bizarre JD do you bizarre. know when um, cautions have to be unanimous or is that even a rule still anymore it, it has to be two out of three well yeah uh, I thought there was uh, an instance Nomad would know where where like caution maybe it's in a different scenario where ca- something has to be unanimous but maybe that doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, um, so that was a weird one. But, you know, what? it was 2-2 at that point anyway. So it's not like Coop, uh, uh, Cooper was, like, just a uh, huge, like, favorite, right? At that, Or, like, had really separated himself. It was 2-2. Um, yeah. So, you know, what happens, happens. Uh, what else sticks out to you guys, stuck out to you guys? What are the big storylines? What's the, what's the word on the floor? I mean, um, you know, I think I think people are talking a lot about the outstanding wrestler from 16U, uh, and that was at 126. The big upset came in the semifinals. That was Kyler Larkin. He beat Mason Gibson in a match that was super tight until the end, and then all of a sudden Larkin got a takedown, got to a lace, and then he was able to actually tech Mason Gibson at the end of the match. But Kyler Larkin's been kind of the talk of 16U, and he – is part of an Arizona team that that I think has like really overperformed where a lot of people oh, expected yeah. them too. So and junior, yeah, out. yeah, they look outstanding. So Kyler Larkin, kind of the the guy, and you got the clip right here. He got got to that takedown, gets that lace going, and this is one of those situations Ben was talking about with the crowd, where every time the turn goes, people are just like fired up, and you can see all the coaches around the corner, all the athletes around the edge of the mat. It was just a really awesome environment. Like, Flerkin was a guy on the radar yeah. going into this, but definitely not a guy or a guy most people were not picking to win and definitely not a guy to win OW of this entire event. So we're talking about guys that increased their stock here. He is definitely on the top of that list. Yes, like, he, he was at Spartan Duels, had a good performance, took a loss to Andre Gonzalez, who's, you know, a top 10-ish guy. Like, that's, that's kind of where you thought he was. Like, he's going to be in matches with with top 10 guys he's gonna eventually get there but he's there yeah i was um with with larkin well one i want to say this mat for whatever reason every fargo always has like the most insane atmosphere i don't know if it's just like where it is next to the stage but there's always like a crowd around it there's always some great semis on that mat um so that mat is is certainly blessed by the by the fargo gods but with with Larkin, um, or maybe even it's more of a Gibson thing. What was up with the weight change late? Was is he because he 
He I seems totally like a 120 that. pounder. He was registered at 120. He was, he, uh, you know, he was on his Instagram story on the drive to Fargo. People are asking him, "What's your weight?" And he's saying 120. So, um, I don't know. You know, he, Mason has has wrestled a weight maybe above where he, the weight he could make for, for a long time, and that might just be like his his personal decision. But with this particular event, he was certainly planning on wrestling 120 until very late, until you know days if not the day before so i don't know exactly what happened but it'd be good to talk to him about it it seems like arizona you mentioned is is really performing well but i is is some of it the fact they it seems like a few of them have a uh have a team haircut you know uh, larkin looks like <laughs> the long lost bg brother first team all they're first team all flow yeah barry gibbs yeah he does he's like he's Tyler <laughs> larkin gibb gibbs that's what he it, is both his both his brothers actually, or both those two Larkin brothers, both had had really nice hair. Eric Gibson avenged uh, Mason. Yes, yeah. Uh, let's see what round was that for for Eric? Eric Gibson was. Uh, I'm gonna look up the result right now. Um, what what you guys? Yeah, I think it was the quarters he beat Larkin, or round of sixteen. Yeah, it was in the quarters. So Eric Gibson. Had an 11-9 win over Caleb Larkin. Caleb Larkin committed to Arizona State, um, but so yeah, you know you got to you got to do that for the family. You got to do it for the family. That's right. Yeah, that's Vin Diesel would would love that. It's all about family. Okay. Yeah, I think he's. I think he said something about it. Maybe. <laughs> on it's been media. discussed. It's definitely yeah. been discussed. Okay. What What are you guys looking forward to most today uh, for for Fargo? We got junior finals, baby. Junior finals, yeah. I mean, best best junior final in your estimation. Ooh, let me let me look real quick uh, because I'm pulling up. Uh, so I think Ratchie Williams. I, I think yeah, that's gonna be like you know a rubber match. Um, those guys have gone back and forth. And Williams got the better of Ratchet Junior Duels. He won by one point, uh, I believe. So it should be a good match. Jordan Williams, though, has looked lights out. He always does inside the Fargo Dome. He's won for his third straight Fargo title. Almost teched his way to the finals, which is outstanding in this deep 145-pound bracket. I'm yeah. wondering what he's thinking about his uh, uh, his recruitment now. Where is he looking to go? He put out a list, and Oklahoma State was not on it. Um, yes, yeah, they were. They well, I thought he put out a different list on social media, and he, he had taken them off. Yeah, but um, I, he's still—I don't know—he's still pretty wide open. I think, uh, you know, he's—he's. He's, we've seen over the last year like ver, very ver, variations of Jordan Williams and how locked in he is. He seems pretty locked in this weekend, and and um, and so I, I don't know. I imagine he's thinking about recruitment, but. Maybe felt like he put the cart before the horse when he re- committed to Oklahoma State last year. So, I, I think he's taking his time a little bit. A- any upset specials here? I think. Calling? What's that? That we're call- are, are you yeah. calling out some upsets in the finals? Yeah. Because there's some mismatches in the rankings. You got a, a, an unranked uh, Lily from Washington against Webster. Um, there's quite I a think- few on here. I think Webster, you know, is, is probably the favorite in that one. Ben Aranda is is a guy who has has really come on in the last several months. He's a graduating senior at 113. He's going to Cleveland State. 
but he popped into the rankings after one of the regionals. I can't remember which one. And since then, he has just continued to put together ranked wins. And he had a, a you know really nice path here. And he's got Braden Davis in the finals. Braden Davis has looked very solid as well. JD predicted him to. Did you pick him to win? Yep. JD picked him to win, but I, I think there could be upset potential there with Aranda. He's just coming on at the right time, and it's one of those graduating senior who's stuck around for Fargo. We've seen a lot of those guys do that, and uh, yeah, he, he's you know he could do it. I think that's one guy I could see pulling it off. Very good, very good. Well, a lot of um, what's the team race looking like for juniors? I know Pennsylvania won cadets or, or 16u i guess we're calling it now cadets are no more um who's the illinois army is back they're back the yeah. the illini that, that's yeah they, illinois they got top. illinois got 11 all-americans four in the finals um pa's got got 10 all-americans but nobody in the finals pennsylvania's in second wisconsin has one of the finals and then they have they have uh nine other all-americans they are only five points behind Pennsylvania. They definitely have a chance to pass PA for second place. Iowa with 91 points. They're only a couple behind Wisconsin. They've got seven All-Americans, but four in the finals. So um, second place, I mean, theoretically, first place is still up for grabs if Illinois loses out and one of the teams passes them. But right now, Illinois looking like they're very much in charge. But after that, for second, it's, it's a, a few teams that are in the mix. You look at Indiana and six. They were up in the two three range for almost the entire day yesterday. Something that really surprised me. I did not expect. Hey, we got a mid show anthem going on here. Oh, well, what do I do in this? Do I stall for the anthem? You stand, yeah, you stall. All right, I'm stalling. All right, I just I stall. Our boys are showing respect for the flag. I guess technically I don't have to because I'm not in venue right now. So what? What uh, the team race I'm most excited about right now is the Cadet Worlds one where Team USA is in first narrowly with India nipping at our heels and Russia, of course, always lying in wait. Yesterday, I think we were three for three against Russia in the uh, in, in competition. There were a few really crazy matches. Um, Meyer Shapiro, which it's Shapiro, I have learned, not Shapiro. So we will um, – one of those names, you know, it's like Hydley. You know, we had to learn, and now we learn. Now we say Hydley, except for Ben. He does his best. Shapiro, not Shapiro. So we're going to try to get that right throughout uh, his career. But he had a crazy one, an amazing come-from-behind win. Um, or I guess I guess um, he had to hold off a late takedown against Russia where it looked like he kind of had – the Russian had both his legs, but he maintained a power half here. This is uh, – that's Rally's match. We could watch that who doesn't want to see a, a Russian lose? Um, but rallies look really good all tournament long. Um, so yeah, excited, excited to see. I mean, for me, the I, I I go back and forth on the on the four minute matches. Like on the one hand, I, th- I think they should be six minutes because uh, obviously these guys can wrestle for for six minutes. But the four minutes, the action that gets condensed in there is so exciting, and the margins are so narrow. I, I kind of like the four minute matches for for that reason. So they're kind of growing on me. Where I used to like truly like lament that we had four minute matches. Our our anthem boys are back. Um, I'm talking about the four minute ma- matches at Cadet Worlds, but I'm telling you, us uh, the the U.S. Americans are pack a lot of wrestling in four minutes. They make 
I wouldn't say it's pace. I don't think they're gassing guys out, but they put a lot of pressure on their on their opponents, and they force them into bad shots. They force them out of position, and they've been able to capitalize consistently. That's what I've noticed. I think the team looks super prepared. Um, they're wrestling with great heart. They look very, very optimized for this moment. Um, and I hope you guys get to go back and watch what you haven't got to watch yet. Every All the matches are archived on Flow, so make sure you check them out because the, the boys are wrestling great. Oh, the worst sure. part of the tournament matches, in my opinion, is somebody has to go on the shot clock halfway through the first period if mm-hmm. there's no score. And it's not rare where you will see, especially at the upper weights, a decent amount of action in minute one but no score. But somebody has to go on the shot clock. It's not the worst thing in the world, and it very rarely is a match decider but it is really unfortunate when 60 seconds in somebody has to the shot clock you know what i would like uh, as an amendment to that because there's so many stoppages because of the warnings and whatnot what would make it better is if you could just verbally warn throughout the whole time without stopping just be like red warning right and then just that's the warning and then blue warning and that's the warning but they don't stop wrestling and then red on the clock and just boom start it right there instead of having like the the stoppages because i have to alert the guy no you 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 tell him and you got to pay attention i mean that that's not uncommon to be verbally alerted to something in the midst of of wrestling competition i it's better than a stoppage at 30 and then a stoppage at 45 and then a stoppage that's three stoppages within 30 seconds instead if you make it all verbal and someone goes on the clock at least there's more of a flow of of wrestling it's not disrupted you know there's there's trade-offs with that but i think it would be uh um an improvement hey Hey. Changing the subject for a second. Did you hear about UWW had its first tag team match at, at Cadet Worlds? Did you hear about this? What the heck happened? Did you, so, you tell them what happened? So at 65 kilos, the there's a, a match between Iran and I can't remember the other country. But match gets going. Guy from Iran is winning two to one at the end of the first period. And all of a sudden the coach is like, the coach from Iran is like, wait. He's like, Wait, is this 55 kilos? Is this 55 kilos? And the ref's like, no, no, it's just 65 kilos. Iran accidentally sent their 55 kilo wrestler out to, for a 65 kilo match. The guy's winning two to one. So they decide, well, this guy, he's, he's not in this bracket. He can't wrestle the rest of this match. So they pull him off the mat. They restart the match with the 65 kilo guy. So this 65 kilo guy, he's playing it smart. He sent his teammate out there to get the guy tenderized for a couple minutes. And then he gets the win. He's what wrestling a genius. for bronze later. Yeah, he's wrestling for bronze today. That is, you know, we've seen a lot of things. That that is, I, I'm on the one hand, I'm glad that they didn't like punish the Iranian 65 kilogram that didn't take the match because obviously it's a coaching blunder. Although the names are on the scoreboard, do they have the same name? I'm not sure, quite sure how this happens. Um, well, and Spay was saying, yes, nah, Spay was saying, he's like, bad. he's like, whether they the name or language barrier is a problem. Like they have numbers in every country. Like the number, like should be a clue. Numbers are universal. Yes, yes. It, math is a universal language. I'm told, but I, I feel for the their their opponent who had to wrestle basically a match and a half uh, against an Iranian. Um, yeah, but I'm guessessing if you Iranians. can't beat the fi- yeah two Iranians, 
I'm guessing if you can't beat the 55 kilogram Iranian, it's unlikely you'll be able to beat the 65. But who really knows? Yeah, it's good. It's a good point. That's an all timer, though. That is an absolute all timer. Um, so some other, some non, uh, we can bounce around, of course. It's our show, our rules. But some non Fargo, non Cadet Worlds related stuff. Yusuf Hamida headed from Ann Arbor to the Spartan Combat RTC, where Mike Gray just will not stop bringing people to Ithaca. He's just not going to stop. He refuses to. He refuses to. Don't even try to stop him. Not even if there's a fire. He will not stop. And there you see Yusuf Hamida, who was once slammed into a wall by Don Bradley 500 times. We've shown it on yes. FRL. Um, yes. But, I mean, you want to talk about – I mean, it's a great partner for Gwiz. It'll be a great partner for the heavyweights, the upperweights at at Cornell. Just an overall great signing. And I – you know, I don't know if, if Mike Gray's done. I don't think he, – he's insatiable, Mike Gray. He cannot stop bringing good wrestlers to his team, and I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon. Here's the other thing about Yusuf Hamida. He is probably moving forward a, a basic lock for an Egyptian world team and Olympic team every year. Like, you've got an automatic presence at world championships with a guy like that. He's, and, he's, and he's super good in the room. He's going to add a lot of value. But it's also like your program your, is going to you know have that international profile like Cliff Keen has done so well for, for so many years. And like it or not, it's it's getting their name out there. It's putting their athletes in front of people on one of the biggest stages in wrestling. And now that's a, a – it's not like a, the reason to bring in a guy like Yusuf Amita, but it's definitely a nice byproduct. Yeah, no no doubt. And with Yusuf representing Egypt and the, the continent he's going to get to qualify out of, he's he looks like someone that's going to be on a, in the Olympics in three years, right? Like that's going to be tough to tough to deny because what how how does uh it's Africa and Oceania are combined for a qualifier, I mean it's going to yes. be tough to to someone as as quality as Yusuf, he's you got to figure he's going to be making the making the Olympics. Yeah, I mean he he is Egypt's best option this year, but they had another guy who qualified the weight, so they're sending him. But I think it was too close to the transfer too. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there, there's a period in between. I forget the exact amount of time they tried to allow for transfer. Gotcha, gotcha. My goodness, he wrestled at senior nationals like within the year. I mean, he's been wrestling in American events. It would have been a really quick transfer. Um, yeah, we have video yeah. evidence of that. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, so that's big news. Also, we we will uh, we we have no reservations about uh, plugging people's sponsorships and clothing lines spencer lee's is out um ironside oh shoot i need to know is it ironside apparel is that what it's called i know it's mark ironside's um clothing company they signed spencer you can get your excuses or for wuss's shirts you can order the whole thing they have some kid sizes so i'm maybe gonna surprise caleb with something at some point um so yeah make sure you check that out we we mentioned we're gonna try to keep everyone posted on the name, image, and likeness news, and that's uh, big news and one of the biggest names in wrestling. Uh, now going to be able to make a little bit of little bit of money off his off his name, so good for Spencer. Heck yeah. Very good. Hey, another, another Fargo guy I was just thinking about, um, have you been following Christian Carroll at all? Well, I'm, I'm super familiar with him, um, but no, not as far as I his mean, Fargo, I just know he's in the uh, finals. He he's bumped in, up to 220, and he is Hulk smashing everybody. 
Well, he's he's Hulk smashing everybody, but he's also had a, a really tough path, at least in the quarters and semis. He had Noah Pettigrew in the semis. Pettigrew, yeah, yeah. Pettigrew, and Pettigrew's, I think, fourth at 220. He 10-0'd Pettigrew, but the more impressive result to me was his quarterfinal against Bennett Tabor. This is a matchup between two Super 32 champs in the quarterfinals at Fargo. Tabor went up 8-0 in that match. And wow. it looked like it was Tabor's to win. Christian Carroll comes back for a 15 to 10 win. And I mean, this dude is like a serious, serious problem for, for the upper weights. He's going to be at 220 for the, for the year moving forward. And then he says, I mean, he's just going to be a junior, but he says in college, he's hoping in a couple years, 97 for a year, heavyweight after that. But like, he just looks incredible. I mean, he's about to be a Fargo champ and a Super 32 champ without wrestling a high school match yet. Yeah. He's yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and has he given any indication where what his interests are um, collegiately? He's yeah, he's to committed Illinois. to Illinois. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, him, him, and Cannon Webster. They have they have two Fargo finalists committed. Now you got to figure that it's not over with Carroll. Illinois is going to have to um, continue to recruit him. You know, someone that young, that good. He's going to garner a lot of uh, attention. Uh, I'm sure Coach Poet and company definitely know that. Um, yes. Yeah, I forgot about his when he verbaled to Illinois. That's huge. Okay. Anything else before we, we, we let you guys go? I, I did not copy. I did, forgot to put any questions in here. Let me scan really quickly um, before, we, before we let you guys go. I know Fargo is happening right now. Anthony Knox really impressed me. Not that um, he wasn't a guy that was predicted to whatever, but very impressive. He will definitely be a problem for the next four years in high school. He's going to be a pound-for-pound guy, I think, eventually when he gets out of high school. Yeah, and, I mean, he is, he's been on some big stages already throughout his junior high career. You know, he wrestled on the, the card with Jordan Burroughs and David Taylor. Um, I, I know that he... He got a lot of attention after that because he won on a big stage, looked really good. And I think that there was an adjustment period for him with, like, not only how do I wrestle against really good guys, but now how do I deal with, like, all this, not not pressure, but, like, you know, all this attention, all the time that it takes to, you know, for people to reach out on social media and all these kinds of things. And he's made those adjustments. And, and on a really big stage here in Fargo, he got it done. And he got it done down 6-0. You know, 6-0, and then came back for a dominant technical spear, already win. I agree with you, J.D. He's going to be a guy we're talking about for a lot of years. It's safe to say New Jersey is back, is it not? They had a good cadet performance. <laughs> I think they're in eighth or ninth in juniors. Uh, but, no, they definitely had a good three, three cadet champs. Three uh, cadet champs. DeLuca is a guy, I will admit, not on my radar whatsoever, Coming into this, he won 113 pounds, dominated the competition, outscored him 62 to two or something like that. He'll be a freshman next year at Blair. Really impressed me, and a guy that is now on my radar. Yeah, Deluca. I mean, Deluca is one of those guys that you know he'll he'll pop up at high school tournaments throughout his junior high career and and beat ranked guys. He's he's a guy that's been on the level for a while, but but just you know you, you don't often think about junior high guys that much. But yeah, Blair got a good one in DeLuca. He's gonna be he's gonna be a solid staple for them. Very good. Yeah. The, uh, oh go ahead. 
No, you go. So the bracket I was really excited about at, at Junior is 182, super deep. And the final there is going to be TJ Stewart and Brian Saldano. Um, those guys both have gone through, a, you know, really meat grinders to get to get this far. And uh, I, I'm excited for that match. It's a clash of styles. Soldano won the last time these guys wrestled. Soldano is, he is like the craziest guy to watch. He, his first match, you know, we're out here and we're Big like. give up to to get four type of guy. Like his first match, we, um, well, these early matches we're out here getting clips, put on social media or whatever. So Brian Soldano was called to the big stage. We go watch him. He locks up double overs. He like throws himself to his back. He gets held there for a second. It was like, uh-oh, is he going to get pinned? He like bridges off his back, keeps the, du- the double overs, and comes all the way back up to his feet with the double overs, and then trips for a four-point throw. Like that's just the kind of guy you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of chest wraps. You're going to see a lot of craziness. TJ Stewart, more fundamental, super quick leg attacks. Um, so it's going to be a clash of styles. That's a match in the finals that I'm really excited about. And absolutely, definitely, who's number one implications in that one too. All right, give us some times. What time are our junior finals so everyone can set their alarms and take their lunch break strategically if they're working? Yes. Yeah, so, so we have junior women's all morning, and then the junior men's freestyle session with finals medal matches is scheduled to start at 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 Central. The way the schedule has been working is usually that start time is – some like some thirty, yeah. Some awards, some parade of champions matches are probably going to start about you know. Is a, JD going to get a that. lifetime achievement award, or is that supposed to be a surprise? Is that supposed to be a surprise? I hope I didn't spoil that. All right, never mind, never mind. Forget I said it. Oh, where's David going? I have no idea. What is he doing? Oh, yes, the USA Wrestling Pentagon. Not sure what the, what is happening right now. David got up rapidly. I would like to present J.D. Raider with this Lifetime Achievement Award that somebody left on the stage yesterday. <laughs> wow. This is heavy. It's pretty That's heavy. heavy duty. That's a paperweight. This looks, yeah. Thank you, David. It means a lot. This is something that you're going to see in like a, as like a, a, a murder weapon in like a CSI. CSI murder she wrote. That's a classic murder she wrote weapon. Yes. And it, it could have been an accident. Yeah. Funny Stabbing, meme. I would just go probably blunt force, but um, you know, you got options. That's a good thing about those uh, those awards; they give you options. All right, yes. let's get the heck out of here. You guys got some work to do. We got so much wrestling Today, going on. Um, semifinals here shortly, in just like two hours. Don't miss it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. These boys will be back tomorrow. Sorry for the late start, but better late than never, as we always say. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Goodbye.